he didn't tell his daughter about our relationship until our son was born and she was basically oh you have a uh, your dad has a girlfriend and now you have a brother you're listening to the nacho kids podcast where we discuss all things step family related real stories real people real help Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. David, David, David. Lori, Lori, Lori. Got to hurry up. (laughs) We got a lot to talk about. (laughs) All right. So let's just dive right into it. So it's time to announce another winner of the Nacho Kids Academy Scholarship. So giving away one free month to the Academy because of generous donation of Sylvia Krakauer. And we've matched that donation, which enables us to give away... Uh, Every other week, access to the Academy for a month for a person who applied for it. So how you apply is, take it, Lori. You go, you record a video and send it to us at contactus at nachokids.com. You can upload it directly and send it via email. If it's too large, you can send it via Dropbox. Or you can email us and say, look, my file's too large. How can I send it? And I will send you a link to a Google form for you to upload it there. All right. Easy peasy. So who is our lucky winner for this week? Drum roll, David. Marie D. Congratulations, Marie D. We'll be reaching out to you shortly. Actually, Lori will. (laughs) To let you know you're a winner and how to get started in your one month of the Nacho Kids Academy. And we cannot wait to see you there. Yes, we cannot. All right, David. Okay, so next announcement. Uh, We want to get some feedback on the actual podcast and things you like and dislike and and stuff like that. So we've created an anonymous feedback form, and you can find that at nachokids.com slash feedback. How easy is that? (laughs) Let's go to nachokids.com slash feedback, and just tell us what you think about the podcast. And it's not a review. I know a lot of you people out there have left reviews and talk about how great things are. This is feedback. This is like... You telling us, you know, uh, if I'd love for you to to add this or to do that or take away this or whatever. We just want to get your feedback on uh, on what you like and dislike and um, make sure we're going in the right direction. If there's any changes we can make to make things better, we want to do that. So that is uh, that is all the announcements. Okay. And don't hold back on your feedback. And don't hold back on your feedback. I've got tough skin. Remember, number one, I'm married to David. <laughs> number two... I have four stepsons. But if your feedback says, don't have David on the podcast, I'm okay with that. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Think about this, people. How boring would these intros be if it's just me talking to my other personalities? Lori's like, you're trying to get out of doing this work. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm really thinking. Like, no, dude, no. You always want to create the DavidHaters.com stuff. Well, that's going to be what somebody puts on there. That they need, <laughs> We need to create the davidhaters.com website. Well, if you join the Academy, you'd love me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. And please do not request that I change my accent. Nobody would do that. Everybody loves your accent. Not everybody. Okay. But you surely don't want me trying to talk with a New York accent. Or faster. I could say, go get in the car. That's not how they say it. Well, whatever. <laughs> See, <laughs> okay. All right. So one thing I want to talk about today, and um, and, and let me lead into it this way. Um, Lori, what is what's your favorite movie of all time? 
Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this way: What is the best movie of all time? That's a better question. What is the best movie of What's all time? What's the best movie of all time? Gone with the Wind. All right, well, I disagree with that. I think the best movie of all time is The Matrix. My girl will be my second choice. All right, I disagree with that. All right, so what is the best food? Period. Just I don't care if it's pizza, 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 pizza. Okay. All right, so I disagree with that too. I think it's spaghetti. All right. So um, ask me about my favorite car. What's your what's the best car ever made? A nineteen sixty nine Super Sport Camaro. <laughs> I think you could probably go into even more detail than that. <laughs> so so the point I'm trying to make, people, is that it is very interesting when you think about how you disagree with somebody because we often disagree about things that we have very little emotion about, and then we have other things we disagree about that completely change the dynamics of our relationship with that person. And my question to you is, is it really that important that your difference of opinion be something that drives that decision? For example, David. For example, uh, what often comes up in the... uh, No, no, no. Ask me a question for him. Oh, ask you a question? Yeah, I like that part. Like the best whatever? Yeah. Okay. Um, or how should you? Okay. So how should you treat your 15-year-old son who don't have a, who doesn't have a job? Like the precious baby that he is. I completely disagree. His butt should be out there working somewhere. Your Slaving. kids went out there working at 15 years yeah, old. Yeah, they were. No, they were not. They were. They might have been. <laughs> there was no might. I had to <laughs> but, take them to work. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't no, matter. Oh, yes, it does matter. No. No, no, no. no it, I choose I, how to raise my kid. You yeah. chose how to raise right. yours. Right, and I completely disagree with how you raise yours. Well, it's that's re- fine. It's ridiculous. My kid's making straight A's it's in school. Re- I don't care what he's done in school. He's a bum. <laughs> he's not a bum. <laughs> All right, so y'all see that? Did you see that? No, I, I know you didn't see it, but did you hear it? Your kids are the bums. See? See? I'm kidding if my little stepkids are listening. I love y'all. <laughs> but do you hear how things can escalate? And although some of that was acting, some of it was not. <laughs> Most of it was not. <laughs> but you get the point. The point is, you know, we disagree about that. We disagree about how we raise each other's kids and the differences of opinion of, oh, when- wait, 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 Back up. You said we disagree about how we raise each other's kids. Right. You ain't raising my kid. That's a parent because he'd be out of working. Okay. Here's the thing. We disagree about how each other raises their own kids. Okay. That's better put. Thank you. See, see, see how mad she is already? <laughs> Fired up. <laughs> so, so let's talk about this because we, it's interesting when people disagree with you on certain things, you're okay with it. When they disagree with you on other things, it's like, Oh my gosh, drop a nuclear bomb in my head. It goes off. So let's talk about five quick ways that you can respectfully disagree with somebody. So number one. is say, I. <laughs> yeah, just say, okay, Lori. <laughs> <laughs> so number one, don't make it personal. All right. Because I know it is. It's like, what do you mean don't make it personal? It is personal. He's telling me he doesn't like the way I parent or whatever. He's telling you that, or you're telling me that you think my kid should get a job. That's absolutely what I'm telling you. No, what I'm telling you, he's a bum. David. <laughs> he is not a bum. No. Honestly, what I'm saying is he's 15. It's time for him to get a job. What you're hearing is, tell us what you're hearing. That you're saying my baby's a bum. There we go. <laughs> and that what else? I'm, I'm, that I'm a crappy parent because I'm letting him be a bum. There we go. That's the difference. All I said was, he's 15. It's time to get a job. 
<laughs> so that's one reason why we get so upset when people disagree with us because there's there's the thing that said and then there's the 15 things <laughs> that, that you somebody hear. pulled out of that. <laughs> yeah, there's a big difference in what is said to you and what you hear. Uh-huh. Like if like Lori can walk through and I'll be like, man, them jeans look good. They tight on you. And she's like, oh, you tell me I'm fat. So <laughs> <laughs> like, that is not what I said. Truth. <laughs> they wouldn't be tight if I wasn't fat. <sighs> Duh. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So number two, avoid putting down the other person's ideas or beliefs. Like, you know, how they see things is how they see things. Their reality is their reality. And it's seen through the eyes of their experiences. I mean, don't discount that. Just because you don't agree with it doesn't make it wrong. And a lot of times it's not that you don't necessarily just disagree with it. It's you don't understand it. Right. So a, a good term to use is help me understand and then fill in the blank. But you got to be tactful in how you even use that. <laughs> yeah. Because if you go, help me understand your ignorant yeah. situation or ignorant stance. Yeah. That's Please not help good. me understand why you think it's okay for your son to be a bum. <laughs> Number three. <laughs> See how you'd use that wrongly? <laughs> Watch me, Nacho. Number three. Uh, all right. So number three, use I statements to communicate how you feel and what you think and what you want or need. Okay. I want to address this a second. I went to a counselor one time. My son's father and I were required to go to court-ordered counseling I went to this lady first, and thankfully, um, something happened, and we didn't have to use her. But <laughs> one thing that she did tell me was to respond with emails or whatever with I. Take the you out of it. Mm -hmm. Y'all know how long it took me to revise my emails to not put you <laughs> in there? Well, and why is that? Because you is what? I don't know, but it makes them defensive. <laughs> right, because it's an attack. It's either attack or a misrepresentation because if if you were to tell me um, you think this or or you uh, said that or whatever. You know, or like you say, you need to make your son get a job versus you saying, I think that you need to yeah, make I, him get a job. I feel like it's time for him to consider getting a job. Well, you don't even have to rephrase it that much. Just take the you out. <laughs> You'd have been there months trying to rephrase that email. Uh, yeah, probably. So, yeah. So think about that. Don't, don't use you as much, you know, use I statements. Don't, I feel like this. I think this. Don't uh, use you at all. Yeah. Because if you, if, if Lori is talking to me and she goes, um, well, you feel like this. And I love this because people are always like, how are you supposed to know how I feel? <laughs> you know, even when you tell somebody how you feel, oftentimes, you know, it's hard for somebody to to grasp all the gravity of it. Because if Lori says to me, well, I'm sad or I'm angry. Well, yeah, but what, to what degree is she sad or angry? You know, I don't, I don't know. What do you want me to say? I am sad to the eighth degree. Yes. Oh, so. please. That reminds <laughs> me of the nurse when I was in labor saying on a scale of one to 10, how much pain are you in? And I'm thinking I'm about an eight. And I said, lady, I don't know. I've never birthed a baby. And she said, well, a 10 being a shark ripping your arm off. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like a three or four. <laughs> shark ripping your arm off. Mm -hmm. uh, that's pretty bad. So, um, all right. So, use I statements. Number four, listen to the other point of view. Like, listen. Like, listen. Like, active listening. Well, 
we need to have a course in the academy on active listening mm-hmm. because you and I both suck at it. No. Y- we, yes, we, we do. We are good at listening. Y'all, let me tell you something. <laughs> I had this new dog that we got. He's a slobber monster. <laughs> and so I'm constantly going through cleaning up the slobber. Well, I showed David where I put the mop. I didn't just say, hey, I'm putting the mop over here. I said, hey, look. And he looked up. And I said, I'm putting the mop here. And he was like, okay. <laughs> Within 10 minutes, he's frustrated because he can't find a mop. <laughs> I just showed you where I put it. You showed my... I, 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 <laughs> let me finish talking, please. <laughs> and I know, too, when people say things, and it's a good conversation, a lot of times I'm thinking of how I want to respond. So I think... Okay, well, I need to bring this up. Well, I just missed half of, not half of what they said, but I just missed something they said because I'm thinking of something that I want to bring up. But that also plays into a a common complaint you have about me. Well, you say all men, which is we take a while to respond. Like you'll say something and I'm like, give me five seconds to respond. Five seconds is 30 seconds. All right. Give me 30 seconds. Give me a minute. Dude, in 30 seconds, I've thought of 18 other things and started making a grocery list. Here's the point. The point is, if you want me to give you a thoughtful response and not be formulating my response while you're talking, then I need that space to do so. Because if I'm actively listening to you and not formulating my response, then there has to be a bit of delay between the time you shut your mouth and the time I open mine. Okay. (laughs) So I'm going to stop editing out the 30-second delays in our podcast that David creates. No. So y'all can understand the frustration. Now you'll be editing out the 30 seconds of you fumbling over words because your tongue won't function. <laughs> Why did this turn into an attack on Lori? <laughs> Cause you're attacking me. So I'm attacking back. My, my words function See? properly. My, 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 my words function properly. <laughs> Do you know how many times I have to edit out you going, well, 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 no, no, I'm doing that on purpose. I'm going to take all those and put them into <laughs> one file where you repeat yourself. Well, well, put some music behind it so it sounds like I'm rapping. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Number five, which is the most difficult part for Lori. Number five. Look, this is not about me. <laughs> number five. You're again, making it personal by saying my name. Again, number five, stay calm. <laughs> I am calm. <laughs> So you already Could you imagine made, if these people would, if we would have tried to do this podcast pre Nacho? <laughs> we'd be them fought already. We would probably the cops would be at our house. <laughs> it it was it would have been like Jerry Springer live. Yes, yes, it would. So yeah. I have calmed down tremendously. All right. So you messed up on number one, which you See, which look, is don't you, make it personal. You he keeps I messed up you. on number three, which is use I statements. <laughs> We both messed up on number two, which is avoid putting the other person's ideas and beliefs down. Uh, and then number five, you dropped the ball completely by staying, not staying calm. All right. So there you go, folks. I did not get <laughs> outraged. <laughs> there are different levels of calmness. I'm not upset. There's a different levels of calmness. If I took my heart rate right now, it has not changed the whole time. So <laughs> I'm still calm. Okay. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Thank I. <laughs> thank me thank i all right so there you go folks and that is by uh by no means the only five things that you can do to 
respectfully disagree with people, but that's just some quick tips. <laughs> and there's more inside the academy if you want to learn more about uh, mindset and dealing with um, stressful people like me in your marriage <laughs> or relationship. That reminds me, we just started the Nacho Kids Boot Camp Challenge. Oh, yeah. In the academy. Yes. People love the boot camp challenge. I love the boot camp challenge. Yep. Okay. Real quick, since David's wasted all this time attacking me, <laughs> our guest today has been blending for three years. She has one stepdaughter and two hours kids. Y'all, her significant other did not tell his daughter that he had a girlfriend mm. until after she had the baby. Really? Yeah. You should know at least nine months in advance. <laughs> Not always true, but anyway. So when um, when should you tell your bio kids that your girlfriend slash wife is going to have a baby? I think it depends on whether or not you plan to keep them around. David. <laughs> what? It's like, all right. Plan to I- keep the kids around? No. The girlfriend. The pregnant girlfriend. Like maybe, maybe well, are you still going to have to be a daddy. Well, so maybe, maybe he was going to sign his rights over and, and just disappear. I don't know. Anyway, this is a very interesting interview. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Are you ready to hear more about it? Because I am. Yeah, especially the interesting part about her significant other and his ex having an open relationship. Ooh, I must not have been in this interview. But apparently there's rules with open relationships. Of course there are rules. Oh, you act like you know. I do know. How do you know? Because I was in one. I just didn't know it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Uh, folks. (laughs) It's true. Instead of a pig snort, I got an elephant sound with that one when I laughed. All right. Let's get to listening. All right. Here we go, folks. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit NachoKidsAcademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's NachoKidsAcademy.com. Today, we have a stepmom from Wisconsin. Hey, stepmom from Wisconsin, how are you? Good, and you? Good. So tell us a little bit about your blend. How long have you been blending? Uh, About three years now. And how many stepkids do you have? One, she's uh, 11. And do you have any bio kids of your own that you brought into the relationship? No, I have. We have two hours kids. And how old are your hours kids? Our son just turned three and our daughter is uh, 17 months. Oh, sweet babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us when you started blending, how were things with you and your relationship with the stepdaughter? What were your expectations of the blend? What were your husband's expectations? So my now husband, at that time, he was just my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't tell his daughter about our relationship until our son was born. And she was basically, oh, you have a, uh, your dad has a girlfriend and now you have a brother. That was basically how it went. So I seriously do not blame my stepdaughter for acting the way she did at the beginning. 
And I don't blame myself for not obviously having love or or that nurturing mother love for her at the or yet because we were still building building on that relationship and that was all my husband's fault. Why did he do that? Because he was still going through the divorce when we met like we met at work. Uh-huh. So he was still with his ex-wife at the time when we started uh talking. We didn't start dating until after they separated and the divorce process took longer. So he didn't want to say anything. He even hid my pregnancy and myself from his family. And he is, he understands at this point that he did it wrong. And he was at a point of his life where he was doing everything wrong. And he understands that now mm-hmm. he's an alcoholic and he, uh, he got sober. Uh, he's been sober for two years now. Oh, good job. Yeah. He understands now that he did everything wrong at the beginning of a relationship. And he is so sorry for what he did. So that was our relationship. Um, I'm going to ask this. You don't have to answer it if you don't want to. Was your husband, your now husband, when y'all started talking, was he already having issues with his ex? Or was it kind of he fell in love with you and decided to leave her? No, they were uh, having issues for the past five years before I came into their lives. Um, they, She was actually cheating on him for the whole marriage. Mm-hmm. And she put it off as having an open relationship. They had an open relationship so they could sleep with whoever they wanted. Uh, did he agree with that? He did agree with it. And he was sleeping with other girls before me. So, and before a relationship started, he was sleeping with other people. She was sleeping with other people, but he put it up. Like he said, she couldn't sleep with that certain guy and she still did it. And even after they got separated and they got a divorce, she was still seeing this guy. So he knew that she was seeing him throughout the whole marriage. And they met even before uh, my husband and her were together. So they didn't start off with an open relationship. It's something that came about maybe when they started having issues. Yeah. So is she still with that guy? Uh, no, she they stopped seeing each other about a year ago. Okay. That's interesting. I think you are the first guest that the other person um, had an open relationship. Yeah, it, it's, it was weird because it, it kind of came into a relationship like that was a question that he asked at the beginning. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm not sure about that because I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. So now just about, I think about a year a year and some months ago, we just came back to the church. We were both uh, baptized Catholics. Mm-hmm. And obviously, his views changed a lot. Mm-hmm. So now he's obviously, he's like, I don't know why I had that open relationship. I don't know why I agree with it. It's like, I don't know why I even asked you to have an open relationship when we first started dating. He's like, I was not in the right mind. Right. And like you said, he was an alcoholic at the time and that could have altered his judgment. Yes. He says, and he tells me all the time that he thinks that's why that because he was an alcoholic and he was drinking most of the time. That's what made him think everything that he did was okay and why he justified it so much. Right. And plus she was doing it too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I still feel bad because I, I keep telling him, I feel like you divorce her because of me. He's like, no, we had problems for the past five years 
and it had nothing to do with you. Right. And the thing is that she messaged me when she found out we were in a relationship. She sent me a message on Facebook to leave her husband alone. Okay. Yeah. Which was weird because if they were in an open relationship, she knew he was sleeping with someone else. And at that point, they were already separated. They were living in, a, uh, they were living in uh, like a separate house and stuff like that. Like they were already talking about divorce and uh, the proceedings for divorce, getting a lawyer and all that stuff when she did that. I'm curious, um, did he tell you why he didn't want her having an open relationship with that one guy? Because he felt it was more than sex. It was more as more a sentimental relationship okay. than what the open relationship was supposed to be, which was just sex. Okay. Yeah. So what type of visitation do you have or does he have with his daughter? Uh, we have her every other weekend. So six days uh, a month. Um, we used to have her for uh, spring break and some of the summer. But we had a uh, we had an issue, and I told him that if he's not here at home, his daughter should stay with her mom because I don't want any problems with uh, lying and stuff like that, and I could get my kids taken away from me. Yes, definitely. And I don't know how much you know about mine and David's story, but it was there was a point where I told him the same thing. You know, you cannot leave me with these kids alone because there's no telling what they're going to say. And so when I disengaged or nacho started nachoing and stepped back fully, that was part of it was unless he was here, the kids were either at the grandma's or the aunt's or something like that, because I was not going to be responsible for trying to tell him what happened versus them tell him what they think happened and it becomes an issue. Yeah, mine, it was not like big lies, like, oh, I, I was mean to her, I, I hit her or stuff like that. It was more towards my family. Uh, my stepdaughter is really picky with eating and she will not eat maybe the whole time she's with us. She has like two full meals, but all she wants to have is snacks. Mm-hmm. So she used to go back to her mom and tell her, uh, we used to live with my parents for like a year when our son was like one, three years ago. Mm-hmm. And she used to tell her mom that me and my mom used to offer her spicy food because we're Mexican and which was never true. We offer her stuff that she could have. My mom really didn't cook anything spicy because I have a little brother. He's eight and he doesn't like spicy food. Mm-hmm. And we had my son at that point, which was a few months old. So we obviously didn't offer him anything spicy. Right. So just silly little lies. Yes. And another one was um, that my husband wasn't spending enough time with her when our daughter was born. Right after our daughter was born, I got staph infection. I ended up in the ER to have an abscess um, opened up and pulled a whole bunch of stuff out of there. Uh, Yeah, I was in so much pain. This was when my daughter was only three weeks old. Oh, gosh. Um, she had staph infection the fur like right before she was a week old. So she was in the hospital for three, like three days. And my son was with my mom. He was 18 months at the time. Mm-hmm. And we went to the emergency room for me. And then, uh, his daughter said at the, um, emergency room that if she couldn't come into the room with me because it was in a private area where I didn't want her to see, mm-hmm. um, that her dad couldn't come in with me because he had to stay with her. Okay. 
yeah, of course I was really upset because I'm in pain. I need my husband and I need him to watch our daughter. Our daughter was three weeks old and she was with us. So of course I want to be with my baby and my husband. So I allowed her to come in and asked the nurse to give her a blanket to cover her face when they had to check me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it really upset me. And then after that, she went home to her mom and told her that um, her dad wasn't spending time with her, that she pretty much, uh, he pretty much was ignoring her because he had to help me with our other two kids. Right. So she was jealous. Yes. And I, I, I could understand it up to a point, but if she, like, she, saw, she's, she was 10 at the time and I was in so much pain. Like she could see I was in pain. I was giving really strong narcotics that I was puking and all I wanted to do was sleep. So I needed my husband to take care of her kids. Right. But at that age, the only thing she's thinking is, great, daddy's dumped me for these other kids. Yeah. And we had a talk about that. And we had a talk after that happened. I had to talk to him. I like, I was like, you know what? I'm like, you want me to love her like my own daughter? You want, I'm like, you are expecting all these things from me, which I cannot give you. Um, He proposed to me in September, 2018. We had this talk in probably October or November of the same year, because after this incident of her lying in August, I told him I will not be responsible for her. That's when I told him, if you're here, she's here. If you're not here, she's not here. She can stay with mom or you can ask your sister to watch her or something. You can figure something out. How did that go? Um, he was, he agreed with me because he knew where I was coming from. But then he made a comment one day when we were driving after he proposed, he's like, Oh, now when we're, when we get married, you can't, um, you can't say you can't stay uh, with her alone because you're going to be my wife and you're going to be her, uh, her stepmom. So after that, I was thinking a lot. And a couple of weeks after that, we had a really long talk. And I was like, not just because I get married to you means that you, I will babysit your daughter for you. I'm like, the problem's still there, that she is lying about little stupid stuff. And I will not be responsible for her. And I will not, um, she will not lie about me doing stuff to her or being mean to her. I'm like, and my kids will be taken away from me. I'm like, my kids are my priority and, um, and they will come first. Right. So is he okay with that now? Yes, he is. Um, he still, we just had a talk about a couple, uh, a couple weeks ago. And he says that, um, he will like, uh, my relationship with his daughter to get better. It's still kind of awkward when she comes over. Like we talk, we watch a movie together, like a girly movie together and stuff like that. But we're not like, we don't really talk about like deeper stuff or it's more of a chit chat. And he wants me to have a more deeper relationship with her. And I told him to give me time. Yeah, it takes time. I mean, first of all, given the circumstances, the stepdaughter did not know about you. And she not only found out about you, but she found out that you were having a baby at the same time, right? Yes. So that's a big adjustment for her. She didn't get to know you before you became dad's wife. Yeah. So, well, let me back up a second. When she found out about you, how long after that did you get engaged? And then how long after that did you get married? So she found out about us. I would say us because my son was a week old. She found out about us in January, January, 
like 14, 2017. Mm -hmm. We got engaged September 27, 2018. And we got married just this past year on April 26th. So, I mean, she had a little bit of time in between to get adjusted to us being engaged and us getting married, mm-hmm. but not much. And But the thing is that she's ex- she was excited that us got when we got engaged. When she found out, she was really excited. And she's been getting a lot better. Like, she sees her dad getting better and being more present in her life and her siblings' uh, life. Right. Like I said, when he was with his ex-wife, he was uh, pretty much out drinking every weekend. He wasn't really spending time with uh, his ex or uh, my stepdaughter. Mm-hmm. And when we started being together, he did that for about a year when I had to talk to him. And I was like, you either stop your behaviors or I'm leaving you. And... I will not let you be a part of my son's life because I do not want you as a role model for him. So basically you told him, stop drinking or you're not going to see your kid. Yes. Um, there was a few times that we had arguments and I was I was going to leave him. I had the full support from my parents mm-hmm. uh, to leave him and that they will help me out with uh, my son. Uh, at the time I only had my son. Um, he changed on his basically... He kind of ignored me, so I was just giving him a couple months. Then I didn't say anything, and he kind of stopped drinking on his own. And he hasn't been drinking since. And like I said, we just he just uh, started coming back to the faith, um, Catholic, or Catholic faith, uh, about a year ago. And mm-hmm. he kind of pulled me in with him because I was losing my faith. And now he is um, the one pushing me to go to mass, pushing me to do prayers, pushing me to do. Uh, religious stuff. How how do you feel about him pushing you to do those things? Do you look at it as a good thing or do you look at it as stop pushing me? I'll do it if I want to. Um, At first I was like, okay, stop doing it. Like I will go to mass if I want to. I will do prayers if I want to. But now I, I like that he pushes me because I was really religious when I met him, but he was an atheist. So he kind of pulled me away from my faith and now he kind of wants to push me back into it, so to speak. Um, and we both want the same thing for our kids. We want them to uh, grow up in a religious um, environment. So I like it and I used to hate it before. Yeah. So what got him <laughs> going into the church? You said he was an atheist before. Yes. He was baptized Catholic, but he stopped, like his family stopped going to church when he was two. Okay. So he didn't know anything besides the evangelical stuff, and he didn't like it. Right. So when he uh, he started doing some research on the Catholic faith, because he knew I wanted to baptize our kids, but more so of tradition, because us Mexicans, we do more, or at least my family does the baptism stuff more out of tra- tradition than for the religious reasons. So um, we started going to church and um about a year ago and then um i stopped going because um our three-year-old is autistic so he doesn't sit still and he throws uh temper tantrums and he screams so he was getting really frustrated with our son and i told him if you want to go to mass you can go to mass i'll stay home with the kids because i'd rather have my son in a 
environment that he's comfortable and that people are not looking at him because he's he's screaming and they think he's old enough to behave himself. Mm -hmm. And he was really getting frustrated with him. And I got frustrated with my husband because he was getting frustrated with their son. So now what we do, they have two uh, different uh, masses on uh, Sundays. So I go to the earlier one and he goes to the later one. And one of us stays at home with the kids. Okay. It's a good thing that they have two services. That way you're able to do that. Yes, it is awesome. And we are doing the traditional Latin mass too. So it is a little bit different than the uh, uh, Norvos Orda, I think, I believe it's called, which is the uh, either language that you speak. Like here we have masses in um, Spanish and English. Mm -hmm. And uh, the traditional Latin mass is a little bit in English, but most of it is in Latin. It's what they used to do before Vatican II. Mm -hmm. So I'm still learning to follow through the mass because that was my kind of, I was reluctant to go because I couldn't understand what they were saying. Mm -hmm. But I've been reading and I've been sort of reading ahead the readings and stuff to better understand what's going on in mass. Right. I know it's difficult having a child that is, quote, quote, different than other children, because like you said, people look at you and think, why aren't you making him behave? He's old enough to know better, because just because a child is autistic, they don't have a sign above their head stating that they are. Yes. Um, we go to uh, like grocery stores and like I feel people just point at me or look at me because I do not yell at him or I do not discipline like I would with uh, another child that is like you said quote unquote normal mm -hmm. because that's what you do with the quote unquote not normal kid but my son is not I would say cogn cognitive he's mm -hmm. not three years old he is at the age of his sister cognitive he's about okay. 18 months old um he has a speech delay. He has a cognitive delay. And he's autistic. He just started school too um, in a special needs classroom. And this was just, we didn't know he was autistic. He started um, receiving speech therapy from the state. Mm -hmm. And we just found out within the last few months of the year. So it's been really hard dealing with all of this. <laughs> right. I know in our area, there's actually a guy that started a ministry for children that are disabled because of what you're talking about. When he has his services, nobody looks at the kids as strange if they start screaming or they have a meltdown or anything like that because the parents were reluctant to go to church with their children because of the same things that you experienced. So I don't know if there's something like that in your area, but it may be worth looking into. Yeah. Uh, our church, well, the church I was talking about is not our, like a, our church that we go to now is our older church, which is the Norvos Orda. Like a lot of people would, it was like more, mostly older people that used to go to that uh, church. Mm -hmm. And they were looking at us like, oh, calm your kids down, don't let them cry. And they had a room. So we usually went into that room to calm, try to calm them down. Mm -hmm. This other church is mostly our kids running around and I'm like, well, if I can't, if I come to mass, I kind of want to come and sit and listen instead of running around my kids. So we kind of found, like I said, they have two services. So we, we split it. So the kids are comfortable and the kids have uh, somewhere to run because they need to get all that energy out. 
And then we both get to enjoy the sermon and enjoy the readings and do that and concentrate and being with God rather than being concentrated and being with our kids. Right. And that's important. I'm glad you found somewhere that you can go and feel comfortable with your children. Yeah, now that our our son started school, which he's a, a little bit harder to deal with in public places, um, mm-hmm. they have obviously mass Monday through Thursday at noon. So he goes to school from eleven twenty to two twenty, and we try to make it to daily mass at least once or twice a week with our daughter, mm-hmm. and it's a little bit better with her. Okay, good. So we try to do that at least. We did it this past week that he just started school this past week, so uh, we did it. I twice with our daughter. Right. So what's your relationship like with the stepdaughter? Do y'all get along when she's there? I know that you're not left alone with her, but do you, are you able to talk to her and have a conversation with her or are y'all just kind of distant? We are some sort of distant, but we do talk. I try to um, obviously include her in as much conversation as I can so she doesn't feel left out. Um, uh, I do talk to her about school. I talk to her uh, about her siblings, like the things they did while she wasn't here. Um, what other stuff? Uh, like I said, we watch, we try to watch movies together that she likes. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it frustrates me because I feel like I can't watch TV in my own living room because she hugs over the TV and she doesn't let anybody else watch TV. And I've talked to my husband about it, but he's like, "Oh well, she's only here." Uh, a couple weekends. I'm like, yeah, but I also would like to watch a movie and I feel like I'm not allowed to watch a movie in my own living room and I have to go upstairs to my room and I don't like to take the kids upstairs unless it's bedtime. They already know upstairs is for sleep and downstairs is for play, basically. Right. Um, We are kind of doing also no TV, no media, uh, or I mean, no phones for technology. Um, for us and the kids um, so we can spend more time together as a family because I feel technology is taking a lot of our, a lot of our time nowadays. So when she's there on the weekends, you're trying to practice, you know, not being on the phone, not being glued to the TV, not being on a computer, just spending quality time with each other as a family. Yes. Uh, we try to get out of the house too. Um, right now, obviously, it's winter, so we don't go to the parks as much as we used to do it during the fall and summer. But we try to get out of the house with them, like go walk to the mall or go walk to a store or do something. Mm -hmm. with them so they get out of the house because I'm a stay-at-home mom and I don't drive so when my husband's at work which he works third shift uh I'm stuck home he starts Mm -hmm. work at 6 p.m and doesn't come home till six in the morning and then he sleeps so whenever he works I'm stuck home so whenever he's off I kind of get him to go out with us uh and when his daughter's here, obviously he's not working. So we try to uh, go over to my mom's house or get out of the house and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I'm curious. Um, why don't you drive? I never got around to getting my um, permit. And I'm really, I'm a really anxious person. And um, I'm with all the accidents that I see happening, I'm scared to drive. But my husband says that next summer he is when the snow is over <laughs> whatever comes first <laughs> yeah Wisconsin is crazy um he is gonna push me 
so I can drive and I can get my license and then I can take the kids out if I want to. Right. Because I would think with him working 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., he, you know, is tired and he wants to sleep the next day, at least, you know, a good amount of the time. And you're wanting to go do stuff because you've been cooped up at home. Yes, he he does understand it. And I do. I'm like, whenever you work and you've had a long night, I'm like, let me know. You can go upstairs, take a nap and I will stay down here with the kids. And um that's what we usually do. But sometimes he uh, he is an EMT. So sometimes he doesn't get any calls. Sometimes he gets a lot of calls. So sometimes he does get a good night's sleep. So that's if even if he works uh, uh, that same night, we go out for a little bit in the morning and then he comes home and take, takes a nap. Okay. So it's we we go like a day at a time to see how it goes mm-hmm. at work and stuff. Yeah. And that's a good idea for anybody. Take everything one day at a time. Yes. Um, Even with my stepdaughter, I see how she is behaving that day. And that's how I approach her as well. So do you parent the stepdaughter? Do you tell her to clean her room or do the dishes, things like that? Or do you just leave all that up to your husband? I do. I did before I used to tell her, go clean your room or wash your dishes because I had her in the summer of 2018 and I was very pregnant with my daughter. Um, And it was actually against my doctor's orders to have her because I was having a really rough pregnancy with my daughter and I was having anxiety attacks. And obviously my stepdaughter stresses me out a lot. Mm-hmm. So my doctor um, told me that she would write me a letter so to my husband to see that I couldn't have any more stress due to my pregnancy because it was bad. I agreed to watch his daughter if she would help me clean up after herself Right during that uh, summer. But because I was actually, uh, I was watching my brother as well he was I believe seven or six at the time and he's also a handful he's uh, he has ADHD and a positional defiant disorder mm-hmm. so it is he's very hard to parent and to take care of but I do help my mom a lot because she's the single mom mm-hmm. and obviously she has to work she can't miss work and the camps obviously are not that cheap around here mm-hmm. so if she asks me to help I help her out and she helps me out a lot too. So my husband agreed with us, with me watching my uh, my brother. And then on top of that, he hadn't told me about my stepdaughter coming over until his uh, ex told him that he should have her for the summer, which kind of upset me because they didn't run it past me first because she know she knew my husband works, so it would be me taking care of her. Mm-hmm. And because I'm a stay at, stay at home mom, I should just do it. So I told them I would only do it if she would uh, clean after herself and um, pretty much just watch her, uh, wash her dishes and keep that uh, her room tidied up because she had her own room. Uh-huh. And that's uh, one of the reasons she said that her dad wasn't spending time with her because my husband was working Mondays, um, I believe Mondays, Wednesdays. And Fridays at the time from eight in the morning to midnight. Wow. And yeah. So it was all on me, basically. 
Mm-hmm. And um, and I was very pregnant. Of course, I wanted to take a nap when my um, at that time, uh, I think he was a, a year old and a few months old was taking a nap. Of course, I wanted to take a nap. I didn't want any noise. Mm-hmm. Um, I would let them uh, him, my brother and my stepdaughter watch TV in the living room while I took a nap. And um, I would let them know that if they were hungry, they should come wake me up. And they, my brother would, but my stepdaughter wouldn't, and she wouldn't eat. And she, all she wanted to do was eat snacks if there were any snacks, like chips or candy at the house. So she didn't like that I would call her dad and tell, um, tell him that uh, she, all she was eating was um, junk. Yeah. So that's another reason, like she kind of didn't want to come over to her house anymore. Right. So, so now I, um, I leave it up to my husband. Um, to see if he tells her to clean her room and um, and wash her dishes uh, because uh, there's there's been a couple of times in the past that he sort of uh, sort of dismisses me um, when I tell him in front of her that she should be doing something. So I kind of mm-hmm. stopped doing that. That's good. That's good that you stopped doing that. Yeah, I it is a lot. I mean, it's still stressful because I'm like my anxiety gets really high when something's not clean or picked up. Mm-hmm. But I try to just distract myself to go play with my kids or do something else that is not related to cleaning. And I try to distract myself from it because otherwise I will end up doing it. And I will end up yelling at my husband for not telling his kid to do it. <laughs> Right. And what happens is when you tell your significant other or your husband, little Susie needs to go clean her room, that's the same thing as you telling little Susie to go clean her room. And then little Susie looks at it as, okay, so stepmom's telling my dad what to tell me, you know, she's the reason I'm having to do this. And it keeps that target on you to be the bad guy. Whereas if you let things happen naturally, you know, let him be responsible for telling her to clean up after herself, then it removes you from that negativity. One thing that I can suggest, and if you're really struggling with it, and you're, um, you know, don't do this all the time, but if you're really struggling with something, if you're having a bad day and you need her to do the dishes or clean up her room because it's driving you nuts, first of all, shut her room door. Don't look at it. You know, that's an option. The other option is you can tell DH, say, hey, um, can you make sure the dishes get done? You're not telling his daughter to do them. You're asking him to do them. And he can choose at that point whether he's going to do them or ask her to do them. Yeah. um, So what I've been learning over like the past few years that I've been with him is that um, his ex-wife was not expected to do any cleaning growing up. So... Her mom did everything for her. And now mm-hmm. she's raising my stepdaughter to do the same thing. She doesn't expect her to do dishes or to clean her room. She just does it for her. And they don't even fold laundry. They just sort of put it in a ball and put it in the drawer. Right. You've been in this long enough to know that you can't control what happens at the bio mom's house. Yeah. Um, and also my husband was kind of doing the um, guilt parenting mm-hmm. before I came along. So he would have a mess in his house when I would go over uh, when we were just dating. Um, his daughter's room would be a mess. Um, she would sleep with him. Uh, 
nothing was done. So when I came into the picture, she kind of see it as her dad telling her to do stuff. But I wasn't even telling him to get her to do stuff. Um, I was just like, oh, her bed needs to get done or her clothes needs to get picked up. But I wasn't telling him directly, oh, she needs to do it. I was just telling him to do it. I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't even know what natural parenting was at that point or that mm-hmm. I was doing some of it. So he would, um, he gets really upset with her when she doesn't do stuff. So I try not to tell him that she didn't do it. I just try to use, like you said, oh, this needs to get done or that needs to get done. Right. Because he thinks that because she's 11 years old, she should know how to do it. I was like, no, it's your fault as much as it is her mom's fault that she doesn't know how to do these things because you guys spoiled her and you didn't expect her to do anything. And now that you expect her to do something, you yell at her to do it. And that's not the right way to do it. Right. You have to teach her and show her. And the thing is that my my stepdaughter needs a couple, not a couple, a few times to show her how to do stuff and she still doesn't do it right so I tell him she needs practice you need to teach her what she's doing wrong you need to like be patient with her he's not really patient so we're working on that together right and she's only there every other weekend so it's not like it's something she's doing every day to where she can easily improve those skills she's going back to mom's for two weeks and then she's coming back there for two days and trying to remember, okay, this is what I do. You know, this house is different. And not saying that she can't learn those things, but it takes a little bit longer because you're not exposed to them daily. Yeah. And that's what I tell him. I'm like, you need to be more patient with her. I'm like, I get that you get frustrated, that I get frustrated for things not being done, but I'm not getting frustrated at her. I'm getting frustrated at you because you get super frustrated at her and you yell at her. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. I don't like all the yelling in my house because she's a kid and it's not her fault that she doesn't know how to do that stuff because she wasn't taught how to do it at a certain age. When that starts happening and he starts yelling at her and he gets frustrated, does part of you want to step in and say, I'll take over, I'll show her how to do this? That way it lowers the stress level in the home or do you look at it as, he needs to figure out how to deal with this and I'm not jumping in because then the stress will go to me. I, I, I want to get involved and tell him to stop yelling, but I also do not want her to see that, um, how would I put this, that I'm diminishing his um, parenting uh-huh. or something like that. Um, I had the word, but I can't remember right now. But yeah, I don't want her to see that, oh, uh, now they're now she's going to get on my side or she's going to do this. So I try to talk to him after he yells at her. I, I try to talk to him, not in front of her. I obviously pull him to the side and be like, you know what? You don't need to be yelling at her all the time. I'm like, if you need me to step in and show her something, ask me and I will teach her how to do it. And I will be more patient with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's another thing I told him that, um, I will teach her how to make her bed. I will teach her how to wash dishes next time she's over because this has been going on for uh, about a year and a half. So he gets frustrated. But I tell him, I will teach her and I will try to um, teach her the best that, that I can. And if that doesn't work, we'll figure something else out. Right. It used to frustrate me the way one of the stepkids would do dishes. 
it's almost like they didn't understand how a dishwasher worked. So they would stack bowls on top of each other. And I'm like, that they're not going to get clean that way. And it would annoy me. And finally, I told David, I said, you need to teach them how to load the dishwasher properly and maybe explain to them how it works. Because if they understand that the water can't get to it to clean it when they're stacked on top of each other, maybe they'll go, oh, okay, so I need to separate them a little more. Because a lot of times, kids don't think. They just put stuff in there, you know? Yeah. Um, we actually do, we we don't use a dishwasher, so we, we hand wash the dishes. So that's, that's the other thing. She uses a dishwasher at her mom's, so she mm-hmm. thinks to just... Rinse out the bowl and then, or whatever she's using, and then that's it. She doesn't understand that she has to scrub it because she uses a dishwasher at her mom. Right, honey. I don't know if my stepkids ever washed a dish by hand. They would <laughs> if if we had a sink full of dishes, they would. If their chore was to do dishes, they would fill up the dishwasher, and that's it. <laughs> and whereas when I was growing up, when you were told to do the dishes, you filled the dish, you emptied the dishwasher if it needed to be emptied, you filled it up, and you hand washed everything else to where the dishes were done. Yeah, um, I've never really used a dishwasher in my life. I mean, I lived in Mexico until I was about eleven. We came here, and the houses that we would rent never had dishwashers. Mm-hmm. I only had a dishwasher when I mo- we moved out from my parents when we were living for- with them for a year. We had a we rented an apartment downtown Milwaukee, and we had a dishwasher, but we never used it or ran the dishwasher at all. We I do the dishes by hand because that's how I was thought to do them. And mm-hmm. we have a dishwasher. We just moved out of there in August, and we have a dishwasher here, but we don't use it either. Yeah. Well, let me ask you: How does stepdaughter get along with your hours kids? So I saw a huge difference in how she um, gets along with our son. I don't know if, if it's because he's autistic or because she didn't see my belly grow with him and touch my belly when he moved, uh, like in comparison with my daughter. But she is way more sweet and way more playful with our daughter than she ever ever was with our son. Okay. Yeah, she was able to be there from the beginning, kind of. Yeah, uh, she found out about uh, me being pregnant with our daughter that day we found out. So uh, we found out on a Friday, and he went to pick her up on that Friday uh, because it was uh, his visitation with her. Mm-hmm. And I was working at a restaurant, and he, they came to eat there, and... She was like, oh, congratulations. And I was like, so I, we didn't tell her together. He told her. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like, I'm like, did you tell her? He's like, yeah, she's really happy. I'm like, okay, I guess. So she was excited. Um, she was hoping for the baby to be a girl. Mm-hmm. So she got her wish. We got a girl. Um and she obviously saw my belly growing. She got to touch my belly a few times. Uh, she was at the baby shower. Um, and she was one of the first persons we called to let her know that her baby sister was born. Oh, that's good. Yeah, well, it was actually <laughs> pretty funny because I was due the day before of my stepdaughter's 10th birthday. Um and my little on my little brother's birthday so both of them used to argue about oh i don't want her being born on my birthday i don't want her being born on my birthday 
<laughs> I was like, well, I, there's really nothing I can do. Whenever the baby wants to come, she's going to want to come. I really can't just not have her. So um, I got induced on the second. So it was a pretty big chance I was going to have her on the second or on the third. And I had her on the second <laughs> on my uh, brother's birthday. So she was pretty happy that she wasn't born on her birthday. Yeah. She didn't want to share that birthday. Yeah. Even though um, I heard her having a conversation with mom one time right before I gave birth. And her mom was like, well, it's not like she's going to take away from you from your birthday. So that you guys can share a birthday. But it's like it's going to be two different parties because you're obviously 10 years older and she's going to be younger. I know a lot of stepmoms tend to want to keep the stepkids away from the hours kids because the protective mom thing kicks in, but also because they don't want them giving them germs or hurting them by accident and things like that. Or if the stepkid is jealous, they don't want the kid to hurt the bio kid on purpose or the hours kid on purpose. But a lot of times we have found that if the stepmom will encourage the stepkid to be active and help with the baby, then there's a different bond there because that stepkid and that hours kid, they share the same dad. So there is a bond that they have biologically as well as they can help you with the kid so they can form a bond with the child. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, Actually, at the beginning, when my uh, when she met my son, he was a week old. Like she wanted to hold him all the time. I would let her. But then there was this time. She doesn't. She's not a really hygienic kid, so she doesn't really wash her hands after she goes to the bathroom or after she blows uh, her nose and stuff like that. So one time, she did get my son sick at about three months old, and he was really, really sick. It was just the cold, but he was really, really sick at that age. So from that point on, I just made sure that she washed her hands, that it, her hands were clean before she touched my son. Mm-hmm. And that was about it. But I would still let her play with him and um, obviously uh, have a relationship with him. With my daughter, I'm going to admit I was a little bit more ca- uh, cautious because she had staph infection uh, at such a young age. Mm-hmm. Like, we went to the hospital and she was hospitalized at six days old. So I made sure she didn't hold her or if she was, um, she didn't hold her until my daughter, my daughter was at least a month old and I would make sure she would wash her hands. But now that my daughter is obviously healthy and she's older, I let them play. I, if she wants to uh, take my daughter from me and go play with her in the toy room, she's more than welcome to do that. Um, my daughter loves her. And my son uh, loves her. They both love their big sister. And they cry each time we have to go and do the drop-off at a meeting point. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Um, I told my husband that as the weather gets better, I kind of want to go or during the summer, if we can go during the week, at least to visit her and take her out for some ice cream or something with the kids so they get to see her a little bit more. Yeah. Now, how far away does she live with Bio Mom? Uh, about an hour away. Not that obviously, not that far, but far enough that we can't have her every other week, <laughs> or during the week for short periods of time. Yeah, um, my husband's schedule is a three-week rotation, so sometimes he has to work weekends. Sometimes he works Monday through Thursday. So we kind of uh, 
I working with his schedule to see if we go see her a little bit more or like stay around that area. So we go see her and visit her a little bit more because I do want my kids to grow and uh, have a really good relationship with her sister. We don't call them half siblings. They're siblings. I don't like to make, I mean, that comparison that much. Right. Like, yeah, like you said, they share a dad. Obviously, they don't share a mom. But I don't want them to think, oh, just because she's my half sister, I don't have to see her as my sister. We just call them siblings and that's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. So what's been the hardest part of blending for you? I think um, now that she's getting into the teenage years, a little bit of her attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Yes. Um, I know it's going to get a lot worse with uh, years to come. So I'm getting prepared for that. <laughs> yes. And, you know, a lot of it is normal teenage stuff. It really is not any different than a nuclear family and a blended family when you have the teenage backtalking, snarkiness and all that. Yeah. No, I remember when I was a teenager, I probably did worse things than she does. And I try to understand that. And I, that's when I take a step back and I'm like, okay, dad, you deal with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what's the best advice you ever received about blending? I, I think is uh, not trying to love your stepchild like you do love your kids or treat them the same. Because if you do treat your stepkids the same, you're mean or you're an evil stepmom. Right. I agree. Yeah. You get a lot of different opinions. You, you're going to get a lot of different sides of the story of one thing. Um, stepkids are all different uh, as well as stepmoms. There's the evil ones and there's the really good ones that stepkids mistreat, but they make to seem as an evil stepmom. So. <laughs> Right. It varies by the kids and the stepmom as well. So, right. And we've had um, several people on as guests where this is not their first blend, but their first blend and their second blend were completely different, night and day. A lot of it just depends on the dynamics of how much the bio mom's involved, the visitation schedule whether there is ours kids or bio kids and the step kids, there's so many different variables in this. But the main thing to remember is you have to find what works for you. And nachoing is what saved mine and David's relationship in our marriage and allowed me to bond with the step kids. But some people don't need to nacho because things are fine with them. If it causes you stress, then that's when you need to deal with it. Yeah, I do. I do agree with you. There's a lot of different situations and a lot of variables that come into place as um, when you are trying to blend a family. Right. I do agree. There's some people that don't need to nacho because everything I wouldn't say is perfect, but everything that they're doing is working out for them. Right. But like you said, there's stepmoms that are stressed out that they that's when they need to, to take a step back and let the um, bio parents parent if that's what's causing the stress. Right. And a lot of times people automatically think it's the stepkids. They're the problem. No, once you step back enough, you can see that part of the problem is, 
yeah, the stepkids' behavior, but why do they act that way? They act that way because the bio-parent has guilty parent syndrome, or the bio-parent doesn't want to parent. I mean, there's so much to it, and you just have to look at things a little differently and stop expecting it to be like a nuclear blend because it's not. Yeah, exactly. Um, I do agree with everything you say. Um, yeah, sometimes, like you said, the the stepkids are not just a problem. Uh, it could be mom doing the alienating them from the dad and the stepmom. It could be a source of different things. And um, I do not have that pro uh, that problem of alienation. Thank God. Um, mm-hmm. um, I mean, birth mom is not high conflict Mm -hmm. but she has been high conflict a few times so we we kind of um i don't know her or i wasn't introduced properly to her Uh um and i don't have to deal with her unless there's an emergency and that's how my husband sees it like if unless there's an actual emergency you really don't not have to communicate with her whatsoever right because that's his responsibility yes that's good. I see a lot of posts in um, uh, Nacho, uh, in the Nacho group, and a lot of posts in um, other stepmom groups that uh, that husband makes the stepmom deal with the birth mom, and I don't think that's right. It is his. It is the husband's responsibility to deal with the moms of their kids. <laughs> hmm. Yes. Exactly. Now we have had people that the stepmom does communicate with the bio mom because. It's easier. It's less stressful for the whole blend for them to do that. And again, that's what works for them. Yes. But if the stepmom is stressing about it and it's causing issues, then no, let him deal with his baggage because that's what the ex is. It's his baggage. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I could see it working where uh, stepmom and bio mom get along great. and Or even if they don't get along great, like they co-parent pretty good that they're the ones communicating and um and while the bio mom and the dad are not communicating that well because they have that past relationship and they have experiences that um obviously let them to separate Mm -hmm. so well and their relationship's not going to improve if the stepmom is the one taking care of everything yeah yep Well, Stepmom in Wisconsin, it has been great having you as a guest on our podcast. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to share your story with our listeners. Yeah, thank you so much, so much for having me. Well, we wish you the best and good luck on those sweet babies that you've got. Thank you so much. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, the good news is when anonymous stepmom in Wisconsin found out that she was pregnant the second time, they immediately told the stepdaughter. <laughs> yep. I guess they felt like they was going to be around now. David. <laughs> okay. Y'all can vote on that feedback form to have David not on here. <laughs> I think me and my other personalities will be just fine. <laughs> me, you and your other personality? Yes. Uh, I can do that. I just got to figure out how to change the accents. Um, that's good. That can't happen. Excuse me. <laughs> Yeah, you can do like the worst British accent ever, the worst Australian accent ever, which is actually the same one. Step away from the horse, sir. <laughs> Dingo ate your baby. <laughs> I still don't get that. <laughs> <laughs>
Is a dingo a kangaroo? No, it's a dog. Oh. <laughs> All right, everybody just about wrecked, laughing at you on is a dingo part a kangaroo, especially our Australian friends. Sorry, my Australian buddies, <laughs> mates. Sorry, mates. They don't speak that way, actually. They kind of do. Qu- look, it's not. It's not Paul. What's his name? Paul Hogan. The, I don't know who Paul the Hogan crocodile is. Dundee dude. That's no. That's a gross misrepresentation of the Australian people. Is he not Australian? <laughs> yes. Okay, then how? Oh, so like my southern accent would be a gross representation of the southern accent? No. You know how people you see on TV playing southerners, you're like, that's not how we are at all. I mean, we don't talk like that. And blah, blah, blah. It's the same way. Yeah, but I'm thinking about our Australian friends in the academy that... And they don't say, good day, mate. Well, they kind of do. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, they have the accent. They don't say those types of terms. <laughs> You don't hear him going, that's not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're still having uh, effects from COVID. Uh, apparently. All right. So all of our Australian friends, feel free to let Lori know that a dingo is not in the kangaroo family. Because <laughs> we don't have any dingoes around here. One thing I find interesting, too, that she talked about is they are practicing no TV, no phones, no electronics. That's great. Yeah. Not. What do you mean You not? know what? When the power goes out here, how we're all like lost. I'm not. I'm like, oh, it's so quiet. I love it. Well, I'm like, oh, let's go take a nap. But then it's too quiet to take a nap. It does get really quiet. And see, I got this tinnitus thing, so it's never quiet for me. That would drive me batty. Like, I need the noise to drown out the constant ringing in my ears. Anyway, that's a side note. <laughs> I need to try that helichrysum oil on your ears to see if that helps. Oh, hella what? It's called Helichrysum. Okay. Anyway. We'll do it. David, I know you weren't a part of this, so I have to tell you this part. The stepmom's doctor wrote a letter saying that she did not need to be around the stepdaughter because of stress. (laughs) That's funny. All you women that are stressed out with these kids, these stepkids, get your doctor. (laughs) Why are you looking at me like that? I'm listening. And get your doctor to write a note that says that the kids need to go to daycare during the summer or... And who should give this note to? Camps. The bio parent that dumps their kid off on the stepmom all the time. So the doctor wrote a note to the bio parent. See? Okay, now we're we're doing Spanish. Is that what we're doing? (laughs) See? All right. So I can I can understand the doctor doing a doctor's note for their work or school or something like that, but the doctor did a doctor's note for the other parent, for the bio parent. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what was the results of the note giving to the bio parent? The stepmom wasn't left with the stepkid alone. So she so she, she basically uh, got a note to Nacho from right. her doctor. Okay. Hmm. That's interesting. I've never heard that one before. Wouldn't it be funny if we had doctors writing notes? <laughs> This stepmom needs to nacho. Yeah. Please support her in this endeavor. <laughs> 10 milligrams a day, twice a day of, <laughs> of nachos. nachos. <laughs> 30 minutes in the Nacho Kids Academy twice a week. Come back and see me in a month. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Patient will be required to Nacho Supreme for two months. <laughs> maybe nacho <that's>, Belgrande. <laughs> maybe that's what we should be doing. We should be like giving people <laughs> a prescription. <laughs> yeah, but nobody would, would have ever told me to Nacho Supreme for a year. But we knew 
that I needed a nacho spicy. I need. Yeah. I knew it from. Like, oh my gosh! I see. I can't from even. Day talk. one, see, I was here we like, go. Mm. follow your five top five things mm. to quit that being mean. That was in the beginning. I'm 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 starting a new life already. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm done. That all you got? That's all I got. Cause I I just don't feel like arguing with you. Don't argue. Oh, I'm with sorry. Me. I don't have the energy to have outlandish discussions with you at this point in time, Mr. Sims. Okay, great. Hey, British Lori, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry for all of our British listeners. (laughs) What other nationality do you want to butcher today on this podcast? Uh, Let's see. I can do... um... Do do Milwaukee for uh, for our Milwaukee friends. (laughs) Milwaukee. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Dawn from Milwaukee. <laughs> that's just for you, Dawn. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> so that's our show for today, folks. Thanks. Uh, head on over to nachokids.com slash feedback to let Lori know she's stupid <laughs> and that you want me to shut up and not give her such a hard time. What if they say <laughs> they don't want me on the podcast anymore and they just want you? <laughs> that's not going to happen. But what if it does? <laughs> then you'll be a sad little puppy. No. You're going to make your voice deeper. Hey, no, I'll just delete that one. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Let, let Give us your feedback unless we won't want to hear it. <laughs> please give us your conditional feedback. If it does not fall into the following categories, please do not submit. Yeah. If it is not kind, do not submit. If it is not loving, do not submit. If it is not beneficial to the readers, do not submit. Just remember Lori's rule, five positives to one negative. <laughs> Yes, five positives to one negative. Uh, We're just kidding, folks. It's an anonymous feedback form. And I know I'm stupid. It's okay. Yeah, it is okay. And we know David's stupid, too. It's part of the act. All right. Thanks again for listening, folks. Join us next week as you hear Lori say, Welcome to America. (laughs) Okay. Let me think of something else. Welcome to America. A dingo, did you mind? <laughs> like, that's totally gnarly, dude. Like, how are you doing as a stepmom, man? Let's go get our surfboards. Um, the Valley Girl thing died a long time ago. I think people like that in California still talk that way. Maybe not. Okay. Sorry, Californians. <laughs> a dingo is not a dog. I mean, a dingo is not a kangaroo. <laughs> still don't know. <laughs> for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.